All right, I apologize. I know I have been MIA, but this week has kicked my butt. But we're going to get back into this story. We're going to pick up where I left off. I have just signed to get my first real investment, my first business partner. And let's find out what happens about that. So I get all of this money, and I think that basically the gates of heaven have just opened up, and I am good to go. I'm going to be a billionaire within six months, and everything's going to be easy. This is what I needed. I am ready. Well, I wasn't ready. Because I'm a very emotionally charged individual, and I'm a very passionate individual. And unfortunately, we just didn't see eye to eye on how we were going to get from point A to point B. And I'm not really sure that we were even clear on what each other's version of what B was, meaning what is our direction? Where are we going? And so we began to spend money and make improvements and figure things out. So we order a SSL Matrix, which is a small footprint console, but it's our first really professional piece of gear that I think is going to attract people. And it's about $30,000, maybe it's $25,000. And so we install that and I have my dad come back down and he starts working on a studio that we can finally be very proud of. And it has these it has a spiral staircase, and it has this amazing woodwork, and it has uh, just all of these amazing things that we're building from scratch. I mean, it's truly incredible, and it's coming to fruition right in front of our eyes. And we're in construction on this thing for six months, almost a year. And when it when it opens up, and we start getting to to utilize this, and we get to to use it, and we have a huge rack full of a ton of our favorite gear, and I land a huge project, and I'm saying, oh, so this is what it's like. We have this great facility, and I can land a project, and and I can work, and I'm finally living my dream. It's it's happening, and uh, this project was for a considerable amount of money. It was for fifteen thousand dollars. It was my first real big win, if you will. And I was the producer and I was going to make something glorious happen and amazing happen. But here's the problem. And this is, is something that has kind of set me back throughout my life. And the fact is, is I really tend to obsess on things. I, I'm a very, I have a very OCD personality. And so I get really excited about what's happening. And my wife and I finally have a little bit of money. And I download this video game. I download a video game and I begin to play it. I become addicted to this video game. And it's one of those things where it's microtransactions and microtransactions and microtransactions. And so I buy a 99 cent thing here, $20 thing here, a $10 thing here. But I want to be the best. I want to be I want to be the person that everyone else wants to be. I'm getting caught up in that mindset because I uh, joined this thing inside the game where it was this card game. It was a Marvel card game. And I joined this thing where I had a clan and I wanted to impress them and I wanted to be the best player and I wanted to be uh, feared when we went into battle and all the same things that really happen in life. That's is when I was buying all the stupid cars and doing all these things. And somehow I thought a video game was better. Okay. So I play this video game and uh, $10 here, $20 here, goes up to $50 here, 
maybe sometimes hundred $100, $20, $10, $10, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $20, $
all your money. Well, here's the great thing. That's a canned response. Yes, I understand. But I had never, ever, ever asked for a refund before. So they had just admitted in writing that they were willing to give me a refund. So I very clearly explained, hey, I've never asked for a refund. I've never this. And based on what you guys said, thank you so much. I appreciate that you guys are going to get that money back to me. I'm not kidding. The next day, I woke up to an email that said, your claim has been approved. Sorry for all of the confusion. We've already processed your request. And I logged into my bank account and all the money was back. And I cannot tell you how much of a relief that was. And now I can produce this project. I can write my rent check. And my profit for that was going to be about 25 to 30% of that project. So I should have actually been taking home about $5,000. And so I said, I I know exactly what I'm going to do with this $5,000. Any woman that is going to stand by their man through one of the dumbest things that he can do. And I often say the people who stand by you in your worst are the ones that will make you your best. And I knew with that $5,000, what what do I got to go do? I got to go buy my woman a ring. And that's exactly what I did. I drove right to the jewelry store. And I spent probably the next two days going in and out of different jewelry stores, in and out of this, in and out of that. And I found the perfect ring for her. I did. And I began formulating my plan on how exactly... I am going to ask her to marry me. And because that was, I mean, realistically, that was the last big stupid thing that I I had done. I finally learned my lesson, starting over for the millionth time. Um, But I had this money and I was like, all right, you know what? I got a second chance. I'm going to produce this project like there's no tomorrow. And I'm going to get our bills paid. And with the money that's supposed to go to me for producing and and my paycheck out of this, I'm going to... I'm going to I'm going to marry my girl, the one who stood by me when realistically she should have dropped me. But she stood by me and that's why I say the people I mean and I know I know I say this all the time but I mean it really is true the people who stand by you in your worst are the ones that are going to make you your best. And she was that to me and so I said all right. I started formulating a plan and what I did is I said okay, we had probably I don't know 10 employees, maybe 15 employees at this time. Too many, realistically, because we had some apprentices, and we had uh, some uh, interns, and we had some employees, and all this stuff. So anyway, I took everyone out to Del Frisco's. And just so you know, leading up to Del Frisco's, I had a guy follow me around with a camera, and we went, and we, like, when we picked up the ring, and uh, talking to my dad, and driving to Del Frisco's and Del Frisco's a really nice uh, steakhouse and I had rented a private room and and uh so I I put it disguised as a company party it's an appreciation party I took everyone out and I had everyone in this this long rectangular table and everyone was sit sitting down to me and Ryan was to my right Kayla was to my left and Ryan was that that original engineer that I had started working with and and I had everyone stand up one by one. And so Ryan was first. And I talked to him and I said, this is how much you mean to me, man. This is what we've been through together. And I mean, I know sometimes I'm a great leader. Sometimes I'm the worst leader. But thank you so much for standing by my side. And, and everyone, one by one, stands up. And I talk about them. And I tell them, this is why you're important to me. This is how you've changed my life. And 
one by one, we go through, we go through, we go through. And then all of a sudden, we get to Kayla. And my parents are there. Kayla is the last person I'm talking to. And I immediately, and anyone who knows me, I I cry kind of all the time. I'm an emotional, I, I sometimes I just, I'm an emotional guy. I'm very emotionally charged. And so I just immediately start crying, right? When she stands up, I look in her eyes. And this was actually a really hard thing to do. And I began to tell her just how important the fact that we have these dreams together and we're chasing them together and we're going through these things that are realistically unimaginable and we're sticking by one another and persevering. And I just, I I don't, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. I wouldn't want to, I just couldn't imagine being with anyone else and whether we end up buying a giant mansion or whether we live in a shoebox. If you're by my side, I'm the richest man in the world. And so I I tell her these things and she still doesn't know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, I get down on one knee. She still doesn't know what happened. I pull out the ring and I say, Kayla Fitzgerald, will you marry me? And she looks at everyone else and she says, you guys knew, didn't you? Everyone starts starts laughing and she answers me. She says, yes, I'll marry you. And I cannot tell you the joy that that brought to my heart, my just everything. It's I'm I'm crying right now. <laughs> it's it's the happiest moment of my life when she said yes. And uh, <clears throat> I say I need to go grab a special bottle of champagne. And now that special bottle of champagne, she didn't know that because I knew that this was very important to her because we were going right into the engagement dinner. I had flown her parents in. I had flown her parents in to take part of what was happening. I mean, I, I have tears of joy in my eyes right now. Um, and so I, I, I go around the corner, I grab her parents, I bring them back, and she just loses it. And seeing the look on her face and the fact that they were able to share that moment with us, and we also had her aunt and uncle come in, and just that moment, I, I just remember realizing that this, this is what life is about. This, this is what I should have been chasing. There's no thing that is going to bring this into my life. And on that day, we, we shared and combined families and started something that I know that this is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And and I know you're supposed to think that when you're getting married, but I mean, I've been with her for almost seven years now and it's stronger now than it was then. It, it only gets better. And it's because we don't have a 50-50 relationship. We have a 100-100 relationship. She gives me 100%. I give her 100%. And we shared one of the greatest nights of my life with our friends, with our family, and we we actually we have I have a video of all leading up to this and everything and maybe I'll put it on YouTube someday because it's it's special and I mean if you, if you if you get the chance just go a hundred percent for whoever you're with your significant other deserves it it's not a fifty fifty relationship it's not I'll take a step if you take one too it's I'm gonna give you everything that I've got because I love you. That's the kind of relationship I have. I'm very lucky. 
And so we continue in our life. And I go back to this project, this original $15,000 project that I had. And a lot of people know who that project was for. That project was for a girl named Ashley Kisner. And Ashley Kisner turns into someone who is one of my very, very best friends, one of my business partners, and one of the most pivotal moments in my life. She, what she has overcome and what she has become is nothing short of amazing. I don't care where you're at in your life. She is a true inspiration for anyone who wants to achieve greatness because she is great. And so we begin the project and well, I mean, we were already in the project, but we, we begin really having great chemistry and, and I get to know her. She gets to know me and, and we're, we're developing some great things. And she falls in love with the process, the, the music, the, the process of getting people in, in the door, answering the phones, all these. And she's asking me, can I come in and answer the phones? Can I do this? I mean, anyone who knows Ashley, she's the most bubbly person on the planet. Um, and I said, yeah, of course you can. And, and uh, around this time, I actually I got another pivotal person in my life. Uh, his name was Jeffrey Tanner. And he turns into just an incredible engineer. And I've always said, I don't, I don't ever want to compete with myself because when I moved here, I sent out a lot of resumes and, and emails and all these things. And most of them did not get, they didn't, they didn't get answered. And the ones that did get answered were no's. They said no. And so something, when his resume, when his email hit my inbox, I said, man, we got we to gotta look at this guy. I look, and we, I, I think he even started out as an intern, believe it or not. But I mean, he had the credentials to freaking come in, just show us how things are done, because this guy's great. And uh, I, get to, I get to know him, and, and, and he's, he's coming in. He's, he's cautious. I mean, he's, he, he's already kind of a quiet, reserved guy. But when he's the new person in the room, he's very quiet, very reserved. But... Uh, I know I've got someone great in him and we just don't know how great yet. And so over the next few months, I'm getting all these great people and another hugely pivotal person that just, I mean, he's probably the most talented engineer that I've had the pleasure of working with. And, and his name is Chase Thompson. And he was actually from a, a another studio here in town and, and he was kind of seeking out other opportunities. He came to us, and we obviously we were cautious on that. We were like, "Ooh, are you a spy? Are you a this? Are you a that?" And of course, he's he's heard a bunch of rumors about us, and he's cautious with us. And and I mean, he he still works with us to this day. And he is, I mean, he started out as just a kind of a freelance engineer, and he'd bring some sessions over every now and then. And then we made him an employee, and now, I mean, he is so instrumental in what we do day in and day out. I mean, he helps with branding and. I mean, he's, I mean, he's just a creative genius. He really is. And we're very lucky to have him. And so, I mean, we're kind of in the story. He's, I don't know that yet. I just know that, Hey, he's a really good engineer. I want him on the team. So, um, but while he's still a freelance, we, we have all these people that are, are colliding in. I'm going, man, this is just, I'm so lucky. And so we set the wedding date and, uh, we get ready to, um, go down to Arizona and we, we had my wedding at Austin's house. The guy who introduced us at Austin's house, well, his parents' house and, uh, her family lives down in Phoenix and my family flew in and, and that's where we had the wedding. But leading up to the wedding, we had so many people coming in, but even though things were going great, something started to change. Something was different. There was 
drama flaring up and there were rumors circulating around and but nothing could keep us down i mean we still had some great people and even though something was starting to shift and we didn't necessarily understand what it was yet we Kayla and I, when we went down there, nothing's going to bring us down. We're getting married. And and you know what? We did have just an incredible wedding. It's, it was magical. It was just magic. And I, I just remember looking into her eyes when I finally had the privilege from the, you may now kiss the bride statement. And I just looked in her eyes. I realized, oh my God, you're my, you're my wife. How am I that lucky? And I still I still look at her that way today. And we ended up staying in Arizona a few extra days in this this really nice kind of house villa thing that was at a resort and hanging out with our friends. And it was just, it was an incredible time. And believe it or not, one of the things that got me back into singing was at my wedding reception, we rented out a jazz bar called Bobby's in Scottsdale. And Ashley sang, uh, I think she sang it last, if I remember correctly, when we came up the stairs with everyone standing around. And uh, she sang and a bunch of our other friends sang. And it was a very musical experience. And we just had a lot of fun. And someone who was eating in the restaurant heard all of us singing and said, oh, I'm running a festival. Uh, Would you guys just come sing at it? I think you guys would be great. Well, we didn't have a band. (laughs) And uh, it was in, uh, I think it was in two weeks and so, uh, so we have we, we finish out our time in Arizona, and it's just magical. And we drive all the way back, only to get ready to uh, get a band ready, and we're gonna drive all the way back with all of our gear to uh, to Arizona, and only to perform again. And then we're gonna drive back there. I'm telling you, this drive is such a reoccurring thing in my story of driving from Colorado to Arizona. And there's so many things. It's it's just really connecting my life, but. Um, so we drive back, we have a great time, but when we're at the company again, there's all these weird things. There's rumors and there's bad attitudes and there's he said, she said, and there's like clicks and there's clickish things going on. And we just, we don't really understand what's going on. And so we practice and again, we kind of sweep it under the rug and, 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 and just, ah, well, maybe people are just in bad moods or this, whatever. We'll worry about it later because we got to drive back to Arizona for the millionth time and uh perform and we do and we have a great time and it's it's i mean it's nothing like crazy monumental or special but i mean we go there and we do our thing and and we all fall back in love with music and that was the inception of of my band the the last minute band the start we then i know it's a terrible name but we were called the kmg players as terrible as that is i know i know i know not one of my finer things but we are all back in love with music. And so we're coming back and we're driving back and uh, we arrive at KMG and we get back into the swing of things. And by this time we had started a, an apprenticeship program so that uh, we could be teaching people how to do certain things in audio. And we had always wanted to start a school and we'd always wanted to go down that path and, and, and do that because we felt like we could really make a difference in the educational market. And I mean, we're very green. We're very new. Are we doing an amazing job? No, we're, we're figuring things out as we go along, but we're back for a week, two weeks and something is wrong. Something is really wrong. And 
we are getting these flare-ups between employees and we're having some people just hate one another and we're getting people attacking the, the integrity of the company and, and we're we do, I and the, the people are starting to attack me and I'm going what what is going I can't figure it out to save my life and in this time we had fallen back again we'd fallen back in love with music and we had the KMG players and so we started doing shows and we had a show at the Gothic and a show at, at the Bluebird and uh, but when I thought I had all these great people in my life everything's great everything's awesome but something's rotten something something keeps pulling us apart, blowing things up. And I cannot figure out what it is. I I can't for the life of me figure out. I thought I had the, like, I was on the right path. I was doing the right things. I had the right people. We're doing amazing things for the first time. It should be going right. And it's it's getting worse and it's getting like scary worse. Like things are really going bad. And it's all from rumors and hearsay and w- weird things that no one can really figure out. So, of course, I'm the leader, so everyone's going to look at me. Everyone's going to be like, what's going on? Why are you doing this? I heard you do this. And I'm going, what, where did you hear this? What's going on? And so we have these shows and everything. And I remember after, particularly after one Bluebird show, and, and, and this was kind of the beginning of the end of a lot of things, a lot of relationships and a lot of people that I loved and a lot of business relationships and a lot of things. And... And if you're if you're thinking that oh it's his business partner it's the one that you guys just aren't getting getting along and he's planting these seeds no it, it actually it didn't have much to do with him the big reason why I I got into such a disagreement with him was just he was he was very clearly in it for the money is he a good person absolutely I mean he took a shot on me and I'm always gonna remember that and I'm always gonna respect him and be thankful for the fact that he took a shot on me and trusted me with with some money. Uh, was he the right fit for my company? Absolutely not. Do I think I, I could have gotten further? Absolutely. So it wasn't him. And then I, I start piecing everything together and I figure it out. I figure out who is just destroying my company. Who behind the scenes is gossiping? Who is planting lies? Who is doing all of these things to just tear, tear me apart, tear the company apart, tear it down? And I find out who it is and I, I, I confront them. And I remember getting on the phone and I say, if you need to be truthful with me, is this is this you? Did you, did you really, did you really say this about me? And they of course say no. And I say, if I find out that this was you, I will never, I can't, for, I will not be able to forgive you. I, I will never talk to you again if you do not tell me the truth. If it's not you, I'm sorry I confronted you like this. But if it is, and you tell me the truth right now, anything can be rebuilt through honesty. Anything. And I'm going to ask you one more time. Is this you? And they said, yes. And I looked at them. And I remember, I just... I remember what happened next was so 
it's so vivid and it's so it's so life-changing for me and them. And I look at them and I say, thank you so much for listening to the Final Percent Podcast. My name's Greg Kimball. This is my story and it's it's a journey. This is a ride, man. I, I've cried three times in this podcast because it's so emotional. Such an interesting time in my life. But uh, it's so it's just so important. These are the pivotal things in my life. And if you want to hear more about the story, find out who I was talking to in part seven. I hope you come back and talk to us. This is the mini series, The Homeless Millionaire, kind of chronicling my story from leaving Arizona to coming to Boulder, Colorado. And I just... I can't tell you how much I am very thankful for each and every one of you who listened to this story. When I stopped on part six and everyone was going, I need to know what happens, man. What's going on, man? Where are we at, man? <laughs> They're saying, you got to get back in that booth and podcast. I want to hear how the story is going. I want to see how it finishes. And uh, everyone, I mean, Rob Gedalian, I mean, you are just such a, I mean, realistically an angel in my life. I mean, you are one of my very favorite people that I've come across. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Felix, Jack, the people who are hitting me up constantly, really saying, dude, how's this? What, what, what happens next? You got to tell me, you got to tell me, you got to tell me. You guys mean the world to me. And thank you so much for caring, uh, about my story. It's, it's incredible. And I'm very lucky to have people like you in my life. So if you want to hear what happens, you want to find out who we're talking about, because yes, I am going to drop a name. You are going to find out the whole story on the next episode of the homeless millionaire in the final percent podcast.